I have a wonderful uh, an- anecdo- anecdote, an antidote. I have a wonderful antidote to start the show. Do you? Ant- antidote. Ant- antidote? A quippy antidote? Ant- antecedent? Welcome to Game Life Balance US, a lifestyle podcast hosted by adults with jobs and families who are trying to figure out how to make time to have fun in the grown-up world. We like to nerd out, but we're more than just fun and games. Check out our website to connect with us on YouTube, iTunes, Google Play Music, and elsewhere at GameLifeBalance.us. And if you like us, then please tell your friends to check us out. I'm Chris from Nerd Alert News, a proud member of the Gunna Geek Network, just like the show you're listening to right now. The opinions expressed are those of the individual host. Check out all the other great podcasts at GunnaGeekNetwork.com. And get ready, because geekiness begins in 3, 2, one. Here we go. Did you see that a monkey, I should say a gorilla, in a Chinese zoo, they had a naming contest as to I what... I shared this on Facebook already, and it was hilarious, but someone already debunked it as not true it didn't really happen let's assume that it's true uh because the the story's way better the story's way better when it's true and frankly with the way that the news works today you can kind of pick and choose the facts you choose to believe right that's true so let's just choose to believe this that a, a gorilla in a zoo in china uh, a naming contest was was proposed to the public saying what do you want to name this gorilla and i mean to nobody's surprise uh Haram, haram, har, harambe, harambe, haram, har, harambe, harambe. It? Uh, it's haram, harambe. Harambe is not as funny as haram. Harambe. Well, when you say it like that, it just sounds dumb. Harambe was the name that they chose, but it wasn't just harambe. It was harambe mick harambe face, which, which is, I think, I think that's objectively hilarious. It is. That is, and it's appropriate name for any gorilla, really. And I was. I was, uh, you know, thinking about that, and I was, I was reading a bunch of stuff about about Harambe because, I don't know, d- like maybe the Harambe news didn't hit me as hard as maybe some of some of the, you know, some of our younger listeners. Uh, maybe I'm just old and jaded at this point. Um, but I was, you know, I don't have an original thought of my own, so I, I think I read this. I was reading this, and um, somebody was saying, "How do I?" Because there, there also another big event happened uh, in the past couple of days. It was actually the 15th anniversary of 9-11. And I was reading a Reddit thread, and it was, there was some parent that was like, how do I talk to my middle schooler about 9-11? Because, they, you know, their middle schooler was like 14 years old. 9-11 was 15 years ago. Like, there are kids now that are born and of an age where they are maturing into a point where they can have, like, cognitive understanding. Uh and don't know, like they weren't even alive when 9-11 happened. And the the primary response to this question, which I thought was highly appropriate, was just tell them that 9-11 was our generation's Harambe. Really? <laughs> Someone said that with a straight face? I'm pretty sure that wasn't a straight face. I just thought that was funny and highly irreverent. But uh, yeah, it was... Uh, I, found that, I found that funny. And the news about Hamarabe... Ha, uh, Mick Haram, Hamarambe face had just come out as well, so it was like a double whammy. Reddit is like 4chan in that it's a cesspool, but it usually it is. But then there's also some 
there's also some like decent discussion as well. And I haven't gone down the four the four chan hole to like see if there actually is decent discussion on four chan. I imagine probably somewhere there is on there, maybe. But there is some like good stuff on Reddit. But man, there is just some deplorable garbage on there too. Like how I brought that back to current I, news. I'm I'm working it all in here. I, you, we're not doing it current news. Do you want to just do like the soup? Do you want this episode to be like the soup? I am not. Ne- do you want to? Just, I am not nearly as funny as Joel McHale. I am funnier than Joel McHale. You are definitely funnier than Joel McHale. You don't like Joel McHale? And I like Joel. I, don't know I like who Joel that McHale. Is. I literally have never literally watched the, the soup. host of the soup. I, the I thought the host of the soup was Daniel Tosh. Point oh. Oh, maybe it changed. it's been a long time since I've watched The Soup. I haven't had cable in a long time. Maybe Daniel Tosh.0 is the host of The Soup, and I don't find him particularly funny. When his parents named him Tosh.0, did they, how did they specify whether it was an O or a zero? What should really confuse you is that I don't even think the internet like was invented when he was born. So they were, but points, were effect, points had been invented. Points had been invented, but they were incredibly ahead of their time by naming him Tosh.0. Really. My name's Cody Goff, and this is Jonathan Martin, and this is... I don't know what kind of podcast this is. You're going to hear a tapping sound? It's going to be really annoying for the audio listener only. Uh, it's a uh, a mixing ball in my water bottle from when I mixed my protein powder into a shake because I just got back from the gym. But when I drink it, it rolls and it makes an annoying sound, but... On the plus side, this is my last sip. So wait, so I'm going to take one more sip. So wait, you mix your water in like your that's like your water that's like your 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 water bottle for the gym, and you mix a shake in there, and that's like what you drink at I, the gym. No, when I get home, I put a scoop of protein powder in it, and then I shake it up, and this ball mixes it really, really well, and then I drink it. That sounds like and the, then I have protein. Sounds like the least refreshing drink ever after a time at the gym. What would you? What do you drink after water, the gym? Water. I just drink water, cold water. Yeah, but if you lift, you might want protein, bro. Do you? Make... Do you even lift though, bro? Uh, yes, bro. <laughs> do you even lift? I yes, bro. I did squats and deadlifts today, bro. Good and good for you, bro. Good. For, what are you max? <laughs> let's not. Let's not do this. Okay. So, um, no. Good for you. I just. Like, immediately following a heavy workout where I'm, like, sweaty and gross, I want something to cool me down is all. But you usually like, run, do you, right? Do you remember... No, I do I do lifting as well. Do you remember that that uh, skit? It was, like, a commercial in old 90s uh, Saturday Night Live, the cookie dough, cookie dough commercial? Nope. Okay, so it's basically just a commercial of people eating cookie dough, like, and it's shot like a Gogurt commercial, which I don't know if you remember Gogurt, but it was like the edgy hip yogurt in a tube. Well, this is like co- I remember Gogurt. This is like cookie dough in a tube, and it's like that extreme '90s uh, in your face style advertising, and so it's just people like shooting cookie dough into their mouths, and it's obviously thick kind of gross looking cookie dough that's just kind of like in my head what i picture you drinking your thick protein shake after a nice heavy sweat inducing lift slash run slash whatever you're doing do you often picture me sweating and then ingesting a thick viscous of cookie dough gel? of cookie dough specifically 
Is that is that like porn for you? Thinking of me sweaty and then drinking a cookie dough? No, it's just uh, it's just straight cookie dough, like out of the tube, like when you have cookie dough that you cut up and make cookies, like the Pillsbury cookie dough that you get in the tube. It's just what it is. And yes, I think like, I think about you doing that all the time. Gelatinous cookie. How often do you think about cookie? Is what's the main like this theme? past hour? Like how many times have I thought about it this past uh, no, hour? No, just of these fantasies, is the common thread generally me sweaty or is it cookie no, dough? No, it's cookie dough. It's nothing to do with you. It could be anybody. Am I ever sweating cookie dough? No, the cookie dough's in your hand. You're, you're eating... Because it seems logistically difficult. You're eating the cookie dough because it's very refreshing to you. Okay. Okay. So anyway, 9-11 happened. Is that the moral of the this segment about cookie dough and... Whatever you just said, said, yeah, because it because it happened immediately following that era of uh, Saturday Night Live, which is why I brought it Listen, up. Listen, in the live YouTube chat, Steve says, "As long as I sweat chocolate, we're all good," and I really can't argue with that. And in fact, I do sweat chocolate at the gym. You may not know this about me, John. That's why I find a nice, refreshing chocolate protein shake to be refreshing after the gym because I have expended all of my chocolate. It's some Willy Wonka stuff right there. It sure is. This, it's Willy. It's Willy. It's Willy Wonky. <laughs> so if you couldn't tell, sometimes we talk about video games on this podcast. Sometimes we talk about. When have we ever talked about video games on this podcast? Sometimes we talk about other things. Well, the, the name of the podcast, which we also haven't said yet, is Game Life Balance, which is a, a lifestyle podcast where occasionally we talk about video games. Um, as you can tell by Cody's chocolate sweating. Um, we're about to get right into it, let me tell you. Uh, I don't actually think we have any video games to talk about this week, though. I, I think we've both been busy with other stuff, haven't we? I'd like to review Final Fantasy XIII 2 and Hearthstone. Can I do that? I do. I will give a quick hit. So last episode we talked about... Uh, this is this is not a, an official segment or anything. Uh, I'm just following up because I haven't... I actually haven't quite finished Kentucky Route Zero yet. Kentucky Route Zero, which if you listen to our last episode, I kind of gushed about that for about 15 minutes. Um, But if you listen to that episode, I talked about the structure of the game, and then I started Act 4 basically the day after we recorded that episode. And Act 4 is like completely different than the rest of the game. Like it seems like, whereas the rest of the game didn't give you any options as to what scenes you saw, it just gave you options within those scenes. I got into Act 4... And you're, you're floating down a river, and at every point of interest, it basically gives you two options of what to do. And what I think that is, is two options of what scene to see. So it's like a completely different thing. It's like a totally different act from the rest of the game. It's still really good, but it's like a totally different thing, and it was completely unexpected. Well, and the best part is if you continually select the path on the right, you can actually just set auto battle in power level for hours and hours and hours so that then when you get to Ultros a little bit later, he, I mean, you just boom. But you have to have an, a- and Bob's you have uncle. to have an ASCII pad, ASCII, ASCII, ASCII pad, because it's got the turbo, it's got the auto, so you can keep Are we both drinking out of Cubs glasses? Probably, only because I saw you drink out of a Cubs glass and I'm also, not that I'm a fan, I don't actually like sports at all i'm actually kind of upset that football has started because usually i'm on twitter literally all day right mostly for my job eh, kind of mostly for me actually but i'm on twitter irregardless all day mm-hmm. and i always look at what's trending and then any anytime something i don't know about is trending you click on I it like myself, a name you click on it you're like who right, is like, this and, guy? and i think to myself 
I think to myself, oh, this could be an interesting thing. Maybe I'll learn something. Maybe it's some corrupt politician or some dictator got ousted or it's some Russian that was killed by Putin or something like that. And you know what it was today? It was there were 10 trending topics and the bottom seven were athletes um, that I've never heard of and don't care about. So and I don't now care that football has started. Politics is over. I don't know if you know the way that the United States works, but that's generally what happened now. So uh, people cared about everything immensely, and then football started, and then the only thing now that we all care about is football. It's generally how it works here. So that's where we're at. We're only caring about football now. In fact, I'd be surprised. If, I'd be surprised if anybody votes in November. Hmm. It's on a Tuesday, though. There's no football games on Tuesday yet. But the NFL will probably start putting games on Tuesday. Uh. In the uh, in the chat, Stephen says, "Thought I saw something on Twitter about Apple." That is true. I uh, iOS ten was trending. Have you upgraded to iOS ten yet? I haven't. Uh, right. Some it, people said it bricked their phones. I upgraded. I've had no problems, but I do hate it. Okay, well, that's. F- I mean, it's change. Really, hate I mean, it's, it. it's, it's change, dumb. It's change, and people hate any type of change. That is also the way the world works. So, but it's change just for the sake of changing. Like, oh, let's change the shape of everything from a square to a circle. I don't know. Well, welcome to, to welcome to technology. Welcome to dumb like, is more like it. Much how like technology. welcome to dumb. Yeah. Welcome to dumb. I'm gonna give you. A, I'm gonna roll out the red carpet. And hand you a bottle of champagne, and then give you a give you a Letterman jacket, and escort you into the lobby of dumb. I don't even know what you're talking about. In- Through the double wooden doors, I'm gonna knock, and the butler will open. Innovators are giving you things you didn't even know you wanted. You didn't and- know you wanted round icons until they gave them to you, and now that's all you can talk about. Listen, you just talked about it. It's all you can't even stop talking about it. All I can talk about is dumb. That's all you're talking I'm about. thinking about taking a black Sharpie and writing on the back of my iPhone case, dumb. The, so then when I use it, people will know that Apple is dumb. That's what they'll are you, know. Are you sure they won't just think you're dumb? The worst part of this was my phone was working perfectly fine until it got pneumonia on Friday. And that's it's just the worst. I don't know. And Steve in the chat says Kim Jong-il is farting out a nuke again, which is also probably true. And I'm not sure that that would trend more than uh, receiver Johnson, Johnson, and Murphy. Uh, Johnson, that's a law Johnson, firm. Favre. That's a, that's, that's uh, a law firm. That's is, also a law uh, firm. Out for three games. Your tight end on your fantasy team isn't going to make you $3 with your stupid friends that don't have lives or personalities. So they have nothing better to talk about than pretend teams playing a dumb sport. I think sports are dumb. My apologies to any. And you're dumb. My apologies to probably the eighty percent of our listeners that do participate in fantasy sports. Uh, if you like sports, I <laughs> I can't even. You say, can't even say it. It doesn't face. matter. Yeah. But they're dumb. They're, you're not dumb if you like sports. But sports are dumb. Sport sports. Do you know where sports is sitting right now? It's sitting on the chaise lounge, smoking a little cigarette in front of the fireplace in the lobby of dumb. Just through those double wooden doors at the foot of the two winding staircases that are dumb. Why are sports dumb? I'm not sure, but Steve says his four-week-old could not agree more. And I could not agree more with a four-week-old because that's roughly the caliber of conversation that we're having. On this episode of Game Life Balance US, the United States of America edition of the Game Life Balance podcast, owned and operated by an international conglomerate, with a headquarters in both Chicago and Ca- Carbera? Canberra, Canberra, Australia. 
Chicago is not in Australia. Chicago. That's the capital, you know. Yes, I do. Okay. I do. So, all right. Are you going to talk about um, something this week, or are we just going to fall back on rhombus talk like we usually do? You have. I, we've, we haven't recorded in two weeks, and you have literally nothing to talk about, do you? I, nothing's happened in my life. You have nothing. Yeah. What is wrong? Here's with the you? problem. Every time I, every time something happens in my life, I talk about it on the Brian Noonan Show podcast starring Brian Noonan and Cody Goff. So I have no material left for this podcast. I used to talk about video games, but all I have played is Final Fantasy fourteen, which is an amazing game, by the way. Still really good for you. Still so good. So good. I have a level 39 Thaumaturge slash Black Mage. I am a Black yeah. Mage now. I have Are you doing uh, are you doing a lot of group content? No. Not so much. Here's okay. the here's the, the, the problem is is when I have a limited amount of time to do a dungeon, I I don't I usually wait until my girlfriend's not around. Well that's hard because she kinda lives pretty close to me. So she's around I mean, actually a lot. in the same rooms as you. She actually so, inhabits something, the same... something like that. So it's it's great, uh, but but if I think to myself, oh cool, there's a there's a dungeon coming up to progress the story. It could take me an hour or two to play, and I can't be interrupted. That's hard to do when there's a girl. So I end up waiting. So there was a week or so where I just didn't progress at all on the story, and I just did side quests. Right. Which is great because now I have really high level weaver and goldsmith and leather worker. And a little bit of mining. I did mining for like three hours one night when she was around. But I don't, I'm just not comfortable doing the dungeons because I feel like I'm going to get interrupted. Okay, that's fair. So we've, we've talked about they this do. a little bit. We need to have a relationship expert to come in and mediate my ability to play video games around uh, my woman. Whoa, man. That's legit. So then I guess I have to carry the conversation as happens most weeks on this, uh, this podcast. Um, I Oh, I will say, no way, I have a follow-up for last week actually. Since you gave one. Okay. Last week on this exciting episode of Game Life Balance U.S., the United States of America edition, uh, America building walls since 1901. Uh, the Last week, my girlfriend was locked out of my apartment, and I left for a minute to go let her in. Check out what happened tonight. She lost her keys and is going to get home around now, and we knew this. So at first I said, well, you can just buzz and I'll let you in anyway. And then I realized I live in the same building as many people. Do you know your neighbors, John? You know, we just moved and we have had a harder time meeting neighbors here than we did at the previous house. What do you think that is? I don't think people have the same relationship with their neighbors that they used to, like when we were kids. Yeah. I think the internet, I think the internet has kind of destroyed the the necessity to be close to your neighbors because you have other people in your life that you are interacting with on a pretty constant basis most of the time. And yet that's, it, it, that's dumb because there are things that your neighbors can do that you cannot do for me. You cannot let me into my apartment if I lock myself out. But that's not true because there's a lot of things done with smartphones now, right? So I bet you that there's plenty of places where you buzz people in using an app on your phone. And if you gave me access to that, I probably could do that. Why wouldn't I just have my phone? You could probably have that too. I'm not going to leave somewhere without a phone. I'm not going to exist without a phone. Right. That's that's like saying, you you might forget to breathe. (laughs) So there's probably an app out there. In fact, fact, my old apartment complex, I would let people in by getting a phone call on my phone. And I would hit like star nine or something and it would unlock the door. So, So I wouldn't even need my neighbors to do that for me. All right, well, my building is as smaller. little 
true human interaction as possible is what I'm trying to say. My, my building is smaller and we have neighbors. So just before we started recording, I heard the front door downstairs closed. And so I opened my front door. Somebody came up the stairs and I said, hey, how's it going or something? And she just kind of said, hey, and I believe increased her pace to walk past me. And I said, hey, sure. actually. Because you, ter- you terrified her. Of course. I, I'm terrifying in general. So the I said, hungry hey, eyes that you gave her. It's the eyes, and um, I grabbed her butt when she walked by. It's probably not an appropriate greeting. I thought she'd be into it. Okay. But so I grabbed her butt, and then she kept walking, and then I, I realized that I could talk to this person like a human being. And I said, hey. It's easier, it's easier said than done. I said, hey, I'm actually about to record a podcast in my apartment, but my girlfriend's on her way home, and she doesn't have her keys. Would you mind buzzing her in in like a half hour or so? And she said, yeah, sure. And then she introduced herself. Her, I already, her name is, her name is, I think she's actually Russian John's little sister. She has the same name, so that was weird. And it turns out she lives right above me, so I hear her walking around all the time. Like a jerk. It's like your friends. So that I can hear it. It's like your it's like your besties. Oh, you think she does that on purpose? I think so. And I bet she does now. She said, Yeah, sure, that's great. And so I texted my girlfriend, because of course she has her phone, like any human. And I said, Hey, buzz the apartment of Vovine when you get home and she'll let you in. And it happened. And this That's that was a riveting story. And it really ended it ended on a cliffhanger. I didn't think it was going to go where it did. Um, there was a great twist that I also didn't see coming. Um, it's like a 7.2 on IMDb at least. The twist is she can hear me right now. That is a twist. Talking about her. That's like a Shyamalan twist. And when my girlfriend does come in, she's going to be wearing a tuxedo. She's going to jump in front of me on the camera and do jazz hands. So it seems unnecessary. It seems unnecessary. Also, I am impressed that she owns a tuxedo. Well, it's it's my tuxedo, so it'll be a little big on her. Sure, but I'm impressed you own a tuxedo. Well, I have to own a tuxedo for when I'm doing international spying. Come on. So, uh, so you haven't done anything of import. That's fine. Um, I was in Chicago. I didn't let you know that. I generally don't. I generally don't when I go visit Dave. Um, <sighs> Sorry, what were you saying? I was drinking water because my life is so interesting. It's pretty much it's pretty much the same way I've kind of always handled going down to Chicago when I'm going down to visit Dave, and that I don't really tell you about it, mostly because here's and I'll tell you why. Um, the main reason is that generally there's no way for me to get to see you because he lives in a suburb that is not attached to any type of public transportation. I do not have a car when I come down because I fly down, and in order to see you, I would have to inconvenience somebody there. To get downtown. And that seems dumb to me. I have a car. Especially when I... Especially... You want a car now? Pretty much. I'll keep that in mind for next time. Uh, you've never had a car in my entire... Basically, in my entire life you're that you've lived in... literally Ch- the worst. I've, I've had a car for over a year. You're literally the worst. But you've lived in Chicago. That you've lived in Chicago, you've basically never owned a car, to my knowledge. But regardless. I, you know, I always feel like I'm going to inconvenience somebody by doing that. And, uh, and so I don't. So plus, I had just seen you like the previous month. So, and I hadn't oh, seen Oh, yeah, Dave you saw me a month ago. That's way, yeah. It's... I hadn't <laughs> seen Dave in a, in a much longer time than that. So, 
uh, I thought that would be like just piecing out of there, also having somebody drive me to get to where you were, assuming that you wouldn't come to where I was. I have a car. A I literally, the, literally, the last time you came, like two years ago, I drove out there to see you with the girl I was dating at the time. We took you out for lunch or breakfast. Yeah. Don't, don't think. I have a lie. picture, literally, of us Probably from when me. I drove out to see you. And Probably wasn't me. Got a meal. So I was in Chicago, and I visited. And I visited my friend Dave, and I've talked about Dave um, at least I don't know three, four other times on this podcast. Uh, and basically, Dave is a better friend. Than <laughs> Apparently, he is because you don't call me. Dave is Dave is my Dave is my board. So I'm. I've talked about board games a lot before too on this podcast, and a lot of us like board games. A lot of a lot of our friends are are. Uh, board game players and I would call them board gaming friends but I think Dave is probably my my like most board gaming friend of board gaming friends he owns about I'd estimate about a hundred board games maybe um so it's quite a few of them and I've been playing board games with him ever since I met him when I was going to a pharmacy school in Chicago and we met at basically a board game night and he was completely unaffiliated with pharmacy school so he's like completely outside of that world of mine and then outside of my world of you guys as well because he's you guys have met him just in the context of like playing a board game with him once or twice when we've met up when i've been in chicago right so i've known you since second grade and you never told me you went to pharmacy school in chicago so i was in chicago i was in there i was there for four days over labor day weekend and uh, we basically just went on a board game bender for four what, days without inviting what, me who owns the car that's correct. That is the length of time I was there. I just said that. That was an impressive reiteration. Okay. And if you were to name this segment in which you ignored me, what would you call it? Life stuff. Good job. So we played. Uh, we played. A, I played a lot of board games over this past weekend. Um, and as I have done before in days where or in segments where I played a lot of board games, I figure I could talk about a couple of them that were quite good. So. We always play like the. There's always like a, a I would say, a, a group of about ten board games that we always try to like pull from because they're generally, we feel they're kind of like our favorite board games, um, and I've talked about most of them before, so I won't harp on them a, a lot. I, I won't really talk about the ones we've played a bunch before, but um, the ones that we actually played a board game for two times over the course of the weekend, which generally that does not happen with us we do not repeat board games when i'm there because we there's just so many different board games to play and we see each other so infrequently that we try to get as big of a variety as possible but um we actually played the same game twice which is really uncommon and it was a game called the study in emerald and the reason why i want to talk about it is because this game got reprinted recently which if you know anything about reprints and um, physical media, like specifically in, in the board game space, the way that it works a lot of times is board games are made, and with even the most popular board games, they're printed for possibly a number of years. And we're talking designer board games here, not like Monopoly, because you can always go to the store and get Monopoly, right? But um, they're printed for a couple of years, and then, you know, they, t- they cost a lot of money to make, and the pieces are incredibly individual and unique that you can't really use a lot of pieces for some of the board games we play in other board games. And it doesn't make financial sense for the company to continue to print the same game for, like, 20 years, especially if, if everybody owns the game eventually and then it's just stopped selling. 
So a lot of times what happens is games get printed, they get sold for a couple of years, and then they stop getting printed. And then if you want to find a copy of the game, a lot of times it's very hard to do. You've got to go online, you've got to go to authorized resellers, or just individual resellers. Generally, it gets to the point where you can't find them um, sealed anymore until the publisher of the board game decides, we're going to do another round of printing. And then a couple years down the road, they just maybe print another another run of games, sell it for another year or two. That's just generally how like the cycle of board games goes. Sometimes when they do reprints, they change stuff about the game. Maybe they change rules about the game. They, they, they tweak some stuff about the game that they realized after the game had been around for a while that they didn't like, that the designers didn't like, for instance. Um, and so with studying, studying Emerald, I had only ever played the first run of the game, which was, I don't know how old it was, maybe 10, 15 years, something like that. And when we were at Gen Con this year, our buddy Max bought a Studying Emerald, and he bought the new edition of the game. And so I had played the old edition before once, and then we played Max's version, and I didn't remember the game that well, but it, it felt super different from the, from the first version of the game that I played. Like, there, there were a ton of rules that felt completely different. Um, and so I went back, and the only version that Dave has is the first edition, and we played that edition twice, and it was the most different two versions of the same game that I've ever played. They are so vastly different. So the premise of this game is that there's there's two groups. There are loyalists, and then there are restorationists. And the world has been taken over by denizens of um, H.P. Lovecraft's universe. Cthulhu, Azathoth, basically all of those elder gods. Um, and they've all inhabited these different cities. And the restorationists are trying to go from city to city and destroy the Elder Gods, and they get points when they do that. The Loyalists are going and trying to protect the Elder Gods, and they get points for doing that. And now, those are secret identities. You don't actually know who people are at the start of the game. Um, it, is an, it is an asymmetric teaming, so it plays one like two to five people, but you can either have... If you were to play four people, for instance, you could either have two of each of the groups, one of one group and three of the other group, or one of the other group and three of the other group. So, like, it can be very lopsided. But the gag of the game is that there's only one individual winner, so you're working kind of as a team, but you still, even if you're second place on your team, you still don't win the game. Only the leading scorer wins the game. And in the first edition of the game... The team, the team who has the player with the least number of points automatically loses the game. The entire team. You are the weakest link. Goodbye. So, if you are a playing a three-versus-one game, you only have to beat one person, which is kind of a neat mechanic. And in fact, it was such a neat mechanic that it was the thing that stood out most to me about the game when we first played it. It's the thing that I loved because you can, figure out, you can kind of figure out based on people's actions what they are. Because it's not meant to stay hidden. This is not like this is not like um, Battlestar Galactica, where you're meant to try to hide as a Cylon. This is like eventually players will know what you're doing because you have to do this thing to score points. So the thing that I just that I loved was that you had to kind of look around and there was kind of a pile on to the person that was lowest score to keep them down because 
even the person that's highest scoring, if they know that person with the lowest score is on their team, they're not going to complete, they're not going to finish the game because they're going to automatically lose. And you're not going to do that, right? So it just, it kind of had this really, it made this really interesting push and pull. And when I played this game again a couple of times at Dave's, I remembered how much I liked this mechanic. Well, in the new edition of the game that Max bought, again, they changed a ton of rules. But that rule, they eliminated. Which I thought was one of the most defining rules of the game when I played it. They just eliminated it and they made it so that you lose like five points if you're on the team with the lowest score. The lowest scorer. So it kind of, it just kind of, it took some of the stakes out of the game to me. And I realized that I just didn't like it as much, the new, the new version of the game. But like I said, I mean, that, that was the, probably the biggest change of rule. But there's, there were all of these other rules changes too about the way that like even characters moved around the map. About how you got new agents to help you like uh, investigate the different cities of the map. Like all of that stuff was different in the new version of the game. So it was just really interesting to see that. To see a game that had changed so much between the two iterations of so it. So this entire episode is just one giant passive-aggressive shot at Max's version of the game, telling him that he owns an inferior Re- copy that's dumb? Really, at Max. It's, an, it's a, it's a passive-aggressive shot. It's not even really that passive-aggressive. I am uh, loudly declaring that it is an insult towards I, Max and everything that he I stands like for. I like Max. And I think that... But do you like that version of the game that Max owns? Well, I, don't, I don't know, but I like Max, and I don't think that you should be saying things like that about him. His game sucks. I'm not. I'm not sure that he likes me most at all, but I think that he deserves better. Although Max is the kind of friend that you would visit the city where he lives and be a block away, and then insist that you forgot Max has legs to walk over to you. I actually, I actually uh, went to Madison and visited Max at his work. I went to his. I went to his work the last time I was in Madison during your four day weekend. We well, that was when we went to Gen Con, but I got there early so that I could visit Max at work. Why did you want to visit Max at work? I generally, my good friends, I like to go to the places that they work and see how they work because that's a very interesting thing to do. It's interesting because we have happy hours every Friday at my work, and you could have easily come to my work. Yeah, I don't care. So the reason why was because he works at Epic, and Epic is a big like campus, and it's like it almost is like a, it almost seems like it's a theme park. I don't know. It's a weird place. That was why I visited him at work. So anyway, that was that was probably the best game that we played. Super, super fun game, and we played it twice. And the other un, kind of uncharacteristic thing for board games that we play is that it was quick. So the second time we played it, it was like an hour long. And generally, that's pretty short for us. The games we play tend to be a little longer than that. The other game that we played that I want to talk about, and, and keep in mind, we played like probably 10, 10-ish games total. But the other game that I want to talk about is a game called Codenames. And the reason why I want to talk about it is because it is it is a great gateway game. It's a great light board game to get people introduced to the concept of designer board games. And I think you mentioned you own it. Is that correct? I think I might. I don't know if I've played it, but I'm pretty sure I was gifted it. Okay. So it is uh, made by designer. The designer's name is Vlada Chvatil. That may not mean anything to you. He is a very famous Czech board game designer. He's designed uh, other games like Dungeon Lords, which you played at Gen Con. I don't know if you remember that, but you played that. Uh, Galaxy Trucker is another game that he made. Um, Dungeon Pets. So he's got... he's got. I have heard Galaxy Trucker is good. It's fun. 
It's super fun. And it, what's what's it's what's wacky. the one that I played? Dungeon. Dungeon Dungeon Lords. There's like a group of adventurers that are coming into your dungeon. And you have to set traps to kill them, and they come in a certain order. And that you played it with us at Gen Con. Not, yeah, not year, this but year. I don't know if. Yeah, it was like three years ago, two or three years ago. Right. It's a very good game. Anyway, he's a he's a famous check checkboard game designer, and he's all about um he's all about kind of puzzles um within his board game world. So he kind of he kind of likes games where the game presents you with a kind of a unique puzzle that is not necessarily even solvable, but it's how, what is your best way to solve this puzzle that the game presents you in, uh, randomly, right? So this game code names. There's two teams, uh, red and blue, and then there's two sides of the table. One side has has uh, two people on it, one from each team, and they are the clue givers. And there's a five by five grid on the board of just single words. And they're, I don't know, they're like, I think they're all nouns. I think they're all nouns. I can't remember off the top of my head, but they're just they're just words, right? Um, and it's a five by five grid that it's randomly generated. You just pull off this pile of words, and then there's a little card. And uh, if you look at the card, it's this tiny little five by five grid, and it's got a certain number of squares that are red on it, a certain number of squares that are blue. It's usually eight and nine, and then it's got some gray squares, and it's got it's got an X, a black X, and this is like a randomly set uh, card that each of the clue givers gets. Um, and they turn it up and they put it in this little stand so that only they can see it. And what it tells them is it tells them which words are their team's words that their team has to guess. And so you look at the board of 25 words and you're like, okay, these eight words are the words that I've got to find a way for my team to guess. The other team is looking, the other clue giver is looking at the board and they're saying, all right, I've got these nine words that I have to give my team to guess. Then there's these gray words that are neutral words that aren't worth points for anybody. And then there's the black X. And if my team if my team guesses that word that is the black X, I automatically lose the round. Automatically. So, the game is played by the clue giver giving a single word clue. The single word can't be qualified with anything. You can't say things like, now this might be a stretch, but... And then give your word. I mean, it's literally just the clue giver just gives a word. And then they give a number of guesses that their team gets to guess. Their team then... Can, t- can take that number of guesses if they want. For every word on their... they can, For every word that matches their team's color on that little card that the clue givers are looking at, they put a little, like, token on it to signify that they got the word right, and then they can make another guess up to the number of, of guesses that they were given. However, if they guess incorrectly, if they guess the other team's word, if they guess a gray word, or if they guess the assassin, that black X word, their turn's automatically over. And the first person to get all of their words guessed wins. So that sounds awesome. So the whole gag of the game is figuring out how to get those words together with a single clue while also avoiding the words you don't want guessed. So it's making connections and then figuring out what connections make sense for, that, your, that your team is going to guess. Because you could have a great word in your mind that links like four words together, but if you are playing with teammates that do not understand the way that you think... They are not going to get any of those connections, and they may not get any of those words. That sounds awesome, and what I like the most about it is that it's the kind of game anyone can play. So, anyone. like, if the tiles on the board, if, let's say, one of your words is flower, and another one is grass, and another one is gnome or something, you might say garden, because that connects all those. But if then one of the, maybe the black X is something like bumblebee, 
or something, and then they might actually that's right. might say Bumblebee, and then it's like, oh well, that's related to gardens, but that's the black and that's, guy. And that's exactly the type of thinking that you have to do when you're playing the game. Um, on top of avoiding all the words that the other people say. So, like, I played it with uh, my wife, who is not a, a not a huge board gamer at all, and then uh, a couple of our friends. Um, there were five of us total, and we played it for like three hours. And I cannot get my wife to play games for more than like an hour usually, because uh, she just she doesn't have the attention span for it. It's just not her favorite thing in the world. But she loved it. And that's like the biggest endorsement I can give this game, especially from like a casual perspective. Because if I can get her to play a game for a long time, I know that it is a good casual game that other people will enjoy as well. And we loved it. So the best part about it too is that it's like 15 bucks online. You can get it on like 15 bucks on Amazon. So if you have any interest in board games at all and you're kind of tired of... If you're like a casual board gamer and you're tired of the monopolies and you're tired of Yahtzee and you're tired of life and you're tired of like those kind of standard board games, I don't think there's anything wrong with them, but they're they're kind of no longer in my wheelhouse in terms of things I like to play. Check out code names. Again, you can get it on Amazon for like 15 bucks. It is a great casual game. Each round is like 15 minutes long. Super quick. And if as John said you are really tired of life, seek a therapist or alcohol. Cuz you said if you're tired First of one is probably no, but the first the first one's probably a much better option actually than the second. The second one's probably not a good oh, option. Oh, that's true. Actually, it's probably bad advice. Weed if you live in one of the states where it's legal, because I guess that chills people sure. out. Sure, or one of the states where it might be becoming legal. Yeah, yeah, it's up for the ballot in like five new states, right? Something. It's something. It's like all the West Coast, the whole West Coast. Yeah, it's pretty much the way. Yeah, the it's, the states. I think there, it's pretty much the whole. I think it's pretty much the, the whole. The states West Coast. there are called Kaepernick. Manning, Favre. Yep, that's right. Favre uh, is one of them. Yep. Uh, Rogers. Rogers. Rogers, uh, Mississippi. Roger. No, that's not on the West um, Coast. Rogers, California. I literally can't name any other football players. And I don't care. Well done. And I don't care. Well done. Uh, did you do anything fun over Labor Day? I mean, you got Monday off, right? I assume everybody got Monday yeah, off. Yeah, I actually drove out to the suburbs and spent all day at a board game shop looking for people to play board games with. What did you actually do? I don't remember. Good. It was a good it was a good Labor Day. It's okay. Those Labor Days are good too. I like those holidays are good as well of just kind of chilling out and not doing anything, which kind of sounds like what you did. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I I picked through people's trash and got a bunch of free food and a gold $20 coin from 1882 that's worth over $1000. But other than that, nothing really happened. I feel like none of that actually happened. That totally happened. <laughs> Oh, so you, did you actually go dumpster diving? Yeah. And you got a bunch of food? Yeah. Like wrapped food? Yeah. Food that had been like thrown out from um, from grocery stores type no, stuff? No, I, I told the story in more detail on the Brian Noonan Show exclusive podcast on uh, W... Well, people, our listeners don't overlap I probably, know, probably not so at all. I want to hear um, it too. Yeah, no, the, um, uh, I said, because Labor Day fell around the first of the month, so yep, it the did. first of the month is moving season and that's when lots of people move. So I said to my, my girlfriend, let's go pick through people's trash. Or let's, let's go walk down alleys and see what we find. Because we're also in the market for a new bookcase, and people throw out furniture in Chicago like it's, like it's tissue paper. It's really a, kind of awful. Um, I mean, they kind of do okay. everywhere, but especially here since there's such a verticality of people. And we went to a, a nice neighborhood in Lincoln Park, and 
went by a dumpster and a guy was walking out the door and he set a box down. So next to this dumpster was a couch and a bunch of pillows and like a lamp, like a floor lamp and, and a couple big framed pictures and a few boxes. One was just full of books. And clearly the guy had either, we think, I'm not sure, he either just kicked out a girlfriend or wife or something because he was throwing away a bunch of stuff. He was throwing out a bunch of fresh food. He brings down a box and we open it up, and there's all these boxes of pasta, like a box, a, a thing of ragu. None of it expired. It expired 2017, 2018, and, and a bunch of spices from like Trader Joe's that were still sealed. So I don't know what the deal was. He looked really well-to-do, like a trader or something. I don't know why, but Casey kept saying it looks... Like a tr- like a traitor, like T-R-A-I-T-O-R, so a trader. or a trader, like T-R-A-T-O-R. And, um, and I was digging through some stuff, and and we had a lot of fun, kind of constructing different scenarios of what this uh, what this guy's life was. Because there was a box with eight or nine wrapped mugs, wrapped in newspaper, and I started to unwrap and look at them, and they were the most basic mugs I've ever seen. One, like literally just like white. Ceramic. No, no, no. I mean like basic bitch basic. Like one said, one said keep That's calm big- and carry on. One had the Chicago skyline and said Chicago. One had the New York, like the I Heart New York. It was just the most basic. Oh, uh, that's hilariously. That's one of them was a Starbucks mug from Australia, <laughs> because Australia keep. Wait, I, wait. Did you were they were they? Oh my god! It was. Were they was living Robin in Izzy Chicago? From Game Life Balance Australia. That was Rob that carried the box. Did Rob down. finally kick? Did Rob finally kick AC oh, out of man. the house? I, I, yeah, I could have been. So, okay, so you got a bunch of you got a bunch of, of food that had not been opened, um, that was not expired. Both of those are good qualifiers to have right. on the food that you found. And then there was a, and then Casey was ready to go, and she was kind of over it, and. We got, I mean, we got 20 bucks of groceries that were new. This We'd seen the owner. They weren't covered in meth or cocaine or anything. Oh, that probably would have made it more worth more. And then, and I said, just hold on one more minute. Let me dig through a couple more things. And there was a box with some office supplies and some pens and some, I don't know, some silverware. Actually, another guy came up and started picking through it while we were there. And he goes, hey, there's a bunch of silverware in this one. And he grabbed, like, basically a set of forks and knives. And it's fine. It's whatever. And I found this little leather, like a pencil case, but a little bigger, you know? And I, and I probably pencils yeah. inside. Open it up and look inside, and there's a bunch of coins and a couple bills. And I was like, this is weird. So I zip it up, and we go home. Because I'm like, I don't know what's in here, but it could be interesting. Go home, open it up. There was $20 in $2 bills which is already a win. We got 20 bucks. So literally this, this story literally could end with, I found 20 bucks. I found 20 yeah. bucks. And then there were, bucks. actually I can, hold on. Let me grab a handful points. behind me. I have to pop off my headphones. I'm going to guess that Cody's about to show us gold doubloons. Let's see. Let's see if I'm right. I think he found some buried treasure. All right, here we go. I got them. They were behind. I had to, I had to uh, roll the chair behind me. There were some in here. Did you find pirate Kinda, treasure? Yeah. So there were all the they're doubloons is what I think they're called. So no, there's a bunch of of Liberty half dollars. I'm serious. I'm serious. There's other, like a stack of of 
No, you're gonna of these of these yeah. Liberty half dollars that my camera's not focusing on. I've seen I've seen those before. Yeah, yeah from I've like the late nineties and or the late or the late nineties, late nineteen hundreds. Sure. So so I mean here there's there's a bunch and then a bunch of other random coins. There was a buffalo nickel, which isn't that rare and it was in terrible condition, but it's somewhat like kind of commemorative or whatever. And uh, what was the, what else was there? Other, I guess some of these are. I guess Casey mixed these in with her foreign coins. But anyway, so there were a bunch of half dollars and then a bunch of of either silver dollars or silver half dollars from like the 1800s. And supposedly their value could be like up to 20 bucks a piece, although who knows? You never know. But then there was this okay. little box. And in the little box was a, 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 a gold $20 coin from 1882. And there was a note inside that said estimated value, I think it was like thirteen or fourteen hundred dollars. Collectors valued like eleven or twelve hundred. There was a slight disparity, but there were two different prices in the in the thousand plus dollar range. So it had been valued. It had been uh, uh, what do they call that? It had been uh, appraised, assessed, appraised, assessed. Yeah. I don't know if it had officially. It, it was just somebody wrote the scrap and. and and then there was another paper that described the the values of some of the other coins, and it seemed like somebody just kind of did some research online or whatever. But I did do additional research. I mean, if it's legitimately a gold coin, then first of all, it is made of gold, and second of all, the collector's value is at a minimum twelve or thirteen hundred dollars. And I searched online to see if any are listed online, and there's some being sold on Etsy right now for like twenty five hundred dollars. They're probably uncirculated, so they're a little higher value. But um, yeah, so we both figuratively and literally found gold in some guy's garbage, uh, and it was. You probably shouldn't have thrown that out. Probably he probably shouldn't have thrown that out, and, and we didn't know till we got home. So like, I don't remember even which house it was because it's apartments eh. anyway. But yeah, yeah so but it's trash. So and and um, you know Brian and a couple of people have been like, oh, you've got to keep it because gold, you know, appreciates in value and all this stuff. I don't know what we're gonna do with it, but it's just gonna sit in a box for a while till we figure it out. But um, but yeah, sometimes what happens when you dig through trash? Apparently, sometimes it sounds like it sounds like it could be vacation money. Uh, that's what we were thinking, probably. Um, and and actually, so I, you know, I talked about the value and I. Because then it came up with, like, well, how do we split it, right? Because I'm the one that found it, but we were diving together. I, it's, I think it's like 60-40, to be honest. I think it's, you know, I mean, like, her rushing you probably got you to maybe maybe look at something that you maybe wouldn't have before. But you really did the work of going in there and getting it. Sure. So, yeah, yeah. No, I think 64, maybe 65-35, I think. Well, so I was thinking the most equitable way would just be, let's just have it pay for, a, like, all go towards rent money. And I said that, and she was like, it's so depressing that, like, a 130-year-old gold coin translates to one-month rent. In Chicago. Yeah. Ish. I mean, it would, it would probably be a little more than a month rent for us. But, like, when you think of it, that when you do put it in those terms, that's, that is a little... I'll be honest, that's also kind of a really boring way to... <laughs> I mean, you come into like a like a like a financial windfall that's not such a windfall that it like actually alters your life. Like, it's not like if it's worth thirteen hundred dollars, it's not like that's going to buy you a house or it's going to buy you buy you a car or whatever, you know. But like, that is enough to like get a couple plane tickets, right? That's true, you know. So what I was thinking of doing was dividing it so that I get 
let's say it would be it would be it ends up being something like sixty four percent or something because then when you take the total amounts, then she's getting exactly seventy seven cents to every dollar that I get, and because I think that's that's the way America does things, right? Was the whole story a lie <laughs> to do to do a to do that joke was that was the whole story alive for that because one your dedication to it is remarkable and it's 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 great it's a it's good dedication two it's that's awful it's just awful well the crazy thing was so as we were walking away we saw a third picker in addition to us and the other guy well fourth i guess a third picker or a fourth picker walk up do you know who it was i don't the aristocrats I'm just kidding. Uh, it was actually Dino Dinelli, the former drummer for the Misfits, who is a. You don't remember this story. You don't remember that. Story. Wait a minute. For the guy from the the guy from the story the first time. Yeah, I don't believe it wasn't you at all. actually him. I just made that up. I I didn't know if you'd get the reference. It doesn't matter. Steve in the chat asks Steve Jobs. Yes, it was Steve Jobs. It was actually Steve Jobs. Zombie Steve Jobs. That's frightening. I didn't say zombie. He's still alive. He just got pneumonia on Friday. So everybody thought he was dead. So we are, I swear to God, we are members of a podcast collective known as the Good and Geek Network. We are a collection of geeky podcasts, uh, range from general geeky stuff to very specific geeky things. I always use Game of Thrones uh, as an example. So the Game of Thrones podcast that specifically focuses on the TV show Game of Thrones. So, But we also have a lot of general podcasts. We are kind of the video game arm of the uh, the Gunna Geek Network. But you can find a lot of really great stuff on the network. All you got to do is go to gunnageek.com to, uh, to get to the hub of where all of those, those podcasts are. Um, just to give you some examples of what's on there, on Nerd Alert News, the latest episode is Nerd Alert News, episode 52, Courage. Jeff Johns has plans on how to course correct the DC movie universe, and our friends from the Audibly Exquisite podcast break some news on the Power Rangers reboot film. To wrap the show, Chris breaks down the announcements from the latest Apple keynote. Uh, and then on Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. number 142, Daredevil.380 is the name of the episode. Director Stargate Pioneer returns from his epic disaster week in Florida to sit down and discuss... If he was in Florida, it had to be a disaster week. He was there when stuff went down. Yeah, I mean, it's Florida. So, uh, to sit down and discuss the epic disaster Daredevil Season 2 episode, dot .380 with agents Haley and Lauren... With Stargate Pioneer away for the week, Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. agent... Uh, the trio uh, talk real-life earthquakes, the next surprise Daredevil Season 2 cameo, and how much Lauren is looking forward to the Netflix series Luke Cage. Check out all the amazing Marvel goodness in this latest installment of Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah, it just needs to be... I might do some copy editing on this yeah, one. There might need they, to be some copy edit. Yeah, there might need to be, there might need to be some copy edit on they that. They spell it Daredevil, D-E-A-R-E. Yeah, well, I knew what they were going for. I knew what they were going for there, so I just kind of corrected that myself. Um, and then, as always... They're usually listener, really good I, with their copy. Hell, hold, don't close yet. I'm not done. Oh, God, you still have more? Two days after we found this thing... Two, two days after the aristocrats. Two days after the aristocrats... We went Okay, so um, so hang on. Before you continue this story, I really need to know this the story is real, right? Yeah. Okay, good. Because I it really does seem like something you would do to make up a story for a a fifteen minute story for a for a mediocre punchline. Don't you think it'd be oddly specific to say an eighteen eighty two twenty dollar gold coin? 
I just thought you were dedicated to your craft. I'm very dedicated to my craft. I'm extremely dedicated to my craft. So dedicated. Right. I mean, you're a trained. You are classically trained. I'm. I'm. I'm in, in, yeah. in improv comedy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You have formal training. Mm-hmm. Well, it's so not. I just thought, it's not all sunshine and roses because two days later we went quote unquote exploring again, and I took us south to the most desolate area in Chicago where literally every neighborhood is a gated community and you can't even get to any alleys and everything was very fake and concrete and rich people and terrible. It just was dumb. It was dumb and it was a waste of time and we were both in terrible mood by the time we were finished and we pretty much wasted most of our Labor Day afternoon uh, on this dumb follow-up. So it did take two days being pretty much totally wasted so when you average well, they it, they can't all be gold coin trips. Though, and I know right? that, but like Monday was particularly atrocious. Like, sure. even if we hadn't found the coins, the first time we went out was pretty fun just because we like our neighborhood and it was a beautiful day and all these things. But I just like Monday sucked. So I don't want to sound too braggadocious about this, uh, about this whole thing, because it's not even money now. It's just like a, a potentially valuable thing. And again, it could be fake. I don't know if it's real gold. And also supposedly, I have to be careful where we get it assessed because someone on the internet, which who knows, claims that if you have gold appraised by an official something or another, they may ha- be legally required to turn it into the U.S. government because all gold issued by the U.S. Treasury before 1921 or something has to be seized. I don't know if that's true. So like, I don't know anything about that. Yeah, I don't know anything about that. Any coin collectors out there, hit us up. And especially now that we are taking advertisements, advertisements on this podcast, mm-hmm. uh, on YouTube you won't notice it, but somewhere in our in our digitally remastered audio edition of this podcast, I will be there will be an advertisement that you'll hear, and you should check out from our good friend Doombrowski, which is, you'll see it written somewhere. But yeah, Doombrowski, it's good. That's great. But, that's awesome. Yeah, advertise with us because despite my gold acquisition, we don't make money. <laughs> no. No, we don't. Doombrowski.com. I make games. I'd love to help you make your game. From music and sound effects to arts and programming, I can do everything from the ground up to get a game ready to play. Specializing in 2D games for Windows, Mac, Android, iOS, and HTML5. Email me for a quote at owner at Doombrowski.com. Okay, now you can do your thing. As always, listener, we want to say thank you. For listening to the Game Life Balance US podcast. You know, it doesn't actually say, as always, in the copy that I wrote for you, meticulously, specifically, excluding the phrase, as always. I say that because I always am the one to close us. I can close us. Not always, but you're bad at it. I can close us from memory. Okay, let's let's see. I'm going to cover your eyes. You can't even see it. I'm covering your eyes I'm covering my eyes. Thank you for listening to the Game Life Balance United States of America edition of the Game Life Balance U.S. podcast of the Game Life Balance Podcast Network. Please like, share, comment, subscribe, and retweet if you enjoyed this episode. And don't forget to subscribe on GooglePlayMusic.com and also iTunes Store and also Stitcher. You can find us on the Gunna Geek Network and on WGM Plus, the official podcast network of WGN Radio at WGMPlus.com. Learn more about Game Life Balance, including our sister show in Australia, slash brother show, slash cousin show, slash incestuous step relative show at GameLifeBalance.us. And as always, I'm Cody Goff. I'm not Jonathan Martin. Thank God, because he is terrifying. How'd I do? That was surprisingly good. (laughs) 